You're listening to Novel Bound, a podcast dedicated to making you laugh and keeping you company. Each week, we're sharing all of our favorite books and the embarrassing side of life. Welcome back to Novel Bound. I'm Anna. And I'm Celine. And today, we're doing something a little different, and we're <laughs> going to be talking about our favorite conspiracies or mysteries. Kind of mysteries campfire stories just like the guys this is not about books but it's like we're telling you stories so like it's gonna be a little creepy just prepare yourselves we might be talking about murder we might be talking about deep mysterious forests what else are we talking about um db cooper which Celine has never heard about so nope. i'm very excited to tell her all about it i like have heard the name zero context i bet we've even talked about it before um we're gonna be talking about shifting and that we believe that is a conspiracy theory in its own. Oh my um, gosh. And then if we have time, I want to touch on Polybius or Polybius or however you pronounce it. What is that? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This is yeah. going to be Anna's episode because Anna has like- I am so obsessed with mysteries. <laughs> I love them. Anna is flourishing today. It makes me so happy. Well, like basic, this is what an Anna, you're basically going to hear what Anna and I usually just talk about not because like obviously we don't just talk about books in our real life this is like a Celine and Anna conversation this is basically you're just listening in and Anna's telling me freaking crazy stuff and I just get to listen and react and then I might comment on stuff so this is kind of a fun episode it's not about books it I mean like you can probably uh, find books about things. Yeah. I mean we'll bring books into this like this the reason we're doing this episode is because we me and Celine have been so deep into the like mystery murder mystery books right now like I'm probably about to start my sixth or seventh book about this this week I just find it so fascinating let's just clarify Anna has read like six books (laughs) this week that are murder mysteries like basically I I think it's been like two weeks we recorded our murder mystery episode and that week we started reading mysteries and then this next week we have we read like we and I think in our last episode we were talking about pride and premeditation and, and then die life for aunties we immediately bought those books now I'm reading both I, we just finished pride and premeditation it was so good yes but okay. now I just want to jump into like freaking weird stuff yeah I do too. okay let's just talk about weird crazy stuff this is just a hangout go ahead okay so I'll start with mine <laughs> I don't even know how to like introduce this. It's not like a book. I feel like you're holding like a deck of cards and you're like, pick a card, pick a card, pick a card. Which conspiracy theory do you want me to talk about? I've been waiting. This is what I know about you. This is like, I feel like you've watched all these YouTube videos. You've learned all this stuff and you're just waiting at dinner parties for someone to ask you about these things. I am. I am. I'm really just waiting for someone to be like, oh, like, wasn't there at one point a game that existed in like the 80s and I'm like Polybius you're talking about Polybius and here's how I know that and here's all the things like it's a game that existed that people remember playing but have never been able to find physical like it was an arcade game and they've never been able to find it anywhere but like a place in California people remember playing this game in arcade oh, you gotta start from the beginning yeah, yeah. that's not even the first one I want to talk about that's not even the first one I want to talk about just like sneak peek sneak peek preview sneak peek. Sneak peek. The first um, thing I want to talk about is D.B. Cooper. Okay. So are you all sitting down? Are you all comfortable? Are you driving at the speed limit if you're listening to this in your car? <laughs> you got your 
dirty laundry in front of you. Is your child like thoroughly like entertained? Because like sit down girl, sit down. D.B. Cooper is a case that the FBI still refers to as one of the greatest unsolved mysteries in U.S. history. And here's why. Let me lay it all out. Here's all the facts of the case. (laughs) On Thanksgiving Eve, November 24th, 1971, a middle-aged man carrying a black attached case or just a briefcase approached the flight counter of Northwest Orient Airlines at Portland International Airport. He identified himself as Dan Cooper and used cash to purchase a one-way flight, a one-way ticket on flight 305, a 30-minute trip north to Seattle. Cooper boarded the aircraft, a Boeing 727-100, and took seat 18C in order to drink bourbon and soda. Eyewitnesses describe a man in his mid-40s wearing a business suit with a black tie and white shirt. The flight, which was one-third full, departed on schedule. Shortly after takeoff, Cooper handed a note to Florence Schaffner, the flight attendant situated near Schaffner. Assuming the note contained a lonely businessman's phone number, she dropped it unopened into her purse. Cooper then leaned toward her and whispered, Miss, you'd better look at that note. I have a bomb. The note was printed in all neat, all capital lettering. The exact wording of the note, though, is unknown because Cooper later took back it. Like, he took the note back. So we don't have it. Okay. Um, Florence, the flight attendant, remembers seeing eight bombs in the briefcase and that she was to sit next to Cooper. So after he closed the briefcase, she stated, he stated his demands, which were this. $200,000, equivalent to $1.28 million in today's money, four parachutes, okay. two primary and two reserve, and a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the aircraft upon arrival. Florence conveyed Cooper's instructions to the pilots in the cockpit, and when she returned, Cooper was wearing dark sunglasses. So that's like the, the look. Thoughts. Okay. <coughs> oh, you die. Do you need like a second? Dylan <laughs> does the same thing. Okay, so after closing the briefcase, he stated his demands, which were this. $200,000, equivalent to $1.28 million in today's money, four parachutes, two primary and two reserve, and a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the aircraft upon arrival. Florence conveyed Cooper's instructions to the pilots in the cockpit, and when she returned, Cooper was wearing dark sunglasses. So Schaffner described him, Schaffner is all the flight attendant, by the way. Oh, okay. Described him as calm, polite, and well-spoken, not at all consistent with the stereotypes, enraged, hardened criminals, or take-me-to-Cuba political descendants. Popularly associated with air piracy at the time. He wasn't nervous, Mucklow told investigators, who he was the pilot. He seemed rather nice. He was never cruel or nasty. He was thoughtful and calm all the time. He ordered a second bourbon and soda, paid his drink tab, and attempted to give Mucklow the change. And offered to request meals for the flight crew during the stop in Seattle. And offered to what? Um, Request meals for the flight crew. Like he wanted to make sure everyone was being fed. That's so weird. That's the weird part. Yeah. So FBI agents assembled the ransom money from several Seattle area banks. Um, basically, it just ended up being like 10,000 unmarked $20 bills. Cooper rejected the military-issued parachutes offered by McChord. The, um, he, he just offered, or he rejected the military. Go. So Cooper rejected the military-issued parachutes and instead demanded civilian parachutes with manually operated ripcords. Seattle police obtained them from a local skydiving school. So at 5.24 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Cooper was informed that his demands had been met, and at 5.39 p.m., more than an hour after sunset, the aircraft landed at Seattle-Tacoma Airport. 
During refueling, Cooper outlined his flight plan to the cockpit crew, a southeast course towards Mexico City at the minimum airspeed possible without slowing the aircraft, which is actually 100 knots, which, or I guess 150 miles per hour oh. at a maximum. Um, 10,000 foot takeoff slow landing position, or 10,000 foot altitude. He further specified that the landing gear remained deployed in the takeoff landing position. The wing flaps be lowered to 15 degrees and the cabin remain unpressurized. Cockpit William J. Radizak informed Cooper that the aircraft's range was limited to approximately 1,000 miles under the specified flight configuration, which meant that a second refueling would be necessary before entering Mexico. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to say all of that to let you know that they had to stop to get a second refueling. Okay. Cooper and the crew discussed options and agreed on Reno, Nevada, as the refueling stopped. Cooper further directed that the aircraft take off with rear exit doors open and its staircase extended. Northwest Home Office objected on grounds that it was unsafe to take off with the, with the staircase deployed. Cooper countered that it was indeed safe, but he would not argue the point. He would lower it once they were airborne. Isn't this weird that they're, like, yeah. going back and forth about, like, this guy ransom, and they're like, but it's unsafe, and he's like, it is unsafe, you're right. I'll just lower it when we're up in the air. <laughs> okay. So after takeoff, Cooper told the pilot to join the rest of the crew in the cockpit and remain there with the door closed. Oh, no. Muck was a new flight attendant, actually. As she complied, she observed Cooper tying something, possibly the money bag, around his waist. At approximately 8 p.m., a warning light flashed in the cockpit, indicating that the, stair, that the air stair apparatus had been activated. Uh, the pilot offered assistance via the aircraft's intercom system, which Cooper refused. This was the last communication the crew had with him, as they soon noticed a subjective change of air pressure, indicating that the door was open. <clears throat> Then, at approximately 8.13 p.m., the aircraft's tail section sustained a sudden upward movement. So, basically, like, they hit a hard wind pass, and then at 10.15 p.m., they landed the plane, the 727, with the the air stair still deployed at the Reno airport. FBI agents, state troopers, sheriffs, deputies, and Reno police surrounded the jet as it had not yet been determined with certainty that Cooper was no longer aboard. But an armed search quickly confirmed D.B. Cooper was nowhere to be found on the flight. Oh my gosh. So like in translation, he was like, hey, I'm gonna bomb everybody. They Mm -hmm. drop everybody off at Seattle. Meanwhile, they pick up the money in the parachutes. Yeah. And only the crew and him are on the plane. So then he says, okay, fly to Mexico. And I need basically the ability to open up the side whenever I want. Yep. And so then he orders them to go nicely. Nicely, all of this very politely and thoughtfully. I mean, he has a bomb, but he's being yeah. nice about he it. He has the bomb and he goes, okay, I'm going to. So then they all have to go in the cockpit, not to know. And then they basically have, from the information that you told me, for like, in a within about an hour period, he just like, at some point, dropped, like, parachuted out. Yeah. And so here's, in my opinion, where the story gets interesting. Okay. Oh my gosh, it's not even interesting yet? I thought this yeah. was the interesting thing. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously this is one of the greatest unsolved mysteries in U.S. history because here's why. They never found D.B. Cooper. They never found parachutes of any kind. In fact, the only thing that they did find were like 15 to 20, $20 bills burned up along a river miles from where the flight track was. They don't know how they got there. I mean, and like, the bills were disintegrated, but still bundled in rubber bands. Confirmed that the money was indeed a portion of the ransom. Two packets of $120 bills each and a third packet of 90 all arranged in the same order as when given to Cooper. Huh. So isn't that weird? Well, I, how did they set on fire? 
We don't know. Did he set on fire? Here's how they were found. So on February 10th, 1980, um, an eight-year-old boy was vacationing with his family on the Columbia River at beachfront known as Tina, about nine miles downstream from Vancouver, Washington, and 20 miles southwest of Ariel. He uncovered three packets of the ransom cash as he raked the Sandy River Bank to build a campfire. This discovery launched, like, a bunch of new investigations. Like, they even recreated the flight trajectory. They really have no idea where he could have landed. They don't know where he went what his they've never found anything but that money what do you think what do other people think what's the theory i don't know there's so many different theories in fact you know what's funny is are, yeah. are you watching the new loki show i haven't yet is it good in the look it's, it's in the trailer so this is not a spoiler but in the loki show they like it's all about like time variants and stuff and like oh, cool. loki being involved in time different time things yeah and they make him um db cooper and oh that's that, actually really cool. That cool the way that the show it's only explained in like a two minute segment but the way that the show explains it is that it was a bet with thor that he did and he was picked up by like the that they can travel with i don't know oh yeah yeah but so that's like a fun thing to think about but even the conspiracies like people don't know if he was part of like a different government or like a different country's government or if he was from the future like they really have no idea they don't know where he went and that's the why he had to take the money because he was why so he polite why he wanted to go to mexico what he was doing in seattle wow there's just so many unanswered questions that's fascinating huh that he was willing to get their meals I know. It sounds like my personality. Hi, I might explode your eyes, but would you like me to request a meal for you in part as part of my demands? Like, would you like that? Yeah. yeah. It's like when people rob a bank and they send in pizza. Right. For everybody. And uh, send in some pizza for everybody. They're like, you didn't choose to be here. Sorry, I'm holding this knife. <laughs> you know, this. I'm holding you at gunpoint. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is one of my book <laughs> book fantasies coming to real life. I'm like, oh, but you're not that hot. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and they've had different suspects over time, but none of them have been substantial enough to ever warn anything. And you should look up um, if anyone has any theories. Well, I, I'll I'll start on the Treaty Stairs to Nowhere or like the National Parks stuff. I think they're both fascinating. This is from historicmysteries.com, so that's where my reference is, and it's the isolated stairs in the woods and their creepy stories. So basically in the middle of the woods, and this is literally something that Anna like told me what last week. Yeah. Honestly, you should set the scene again. I'm like, I'll take it from here. But like you said it so you're like, okay, Celine. Like we were on the phone, you're like, sit down. (laughs) I'll set the scene one more time and then you can take it from there. Go ahead. Basically, it goes if you're out in the woods on a hike or doing whatever (laughs) and you see a staircase. Don't ever climb to the top of it. And even if you climb to the top of it, like, go no further than the top of the step. Because, like, mysterious things are surrounding these staircases in the woods. And there have been stories of people disappearing or people being transported into, like, other places. And Selena's going to tell us why. The first stories that surfaced on Reddit opened the floodgates for more and more people to come forward with their own accounts of random stairs in the woods and parks. What seems to have begun as a creepypasta phenomenon became a string of stories recounted for both rangers and the public, mostly, mostly from the eastern U.S. However, soon stories poured in from the nations, including Portugal, Norway, and the Philippines. As it turns out, mysterious staircases in the forest are not uncommon, and many of them have been around for centuries or millennia. So they have, like, a bunch of, like, different ones, so I'll just list them. The... Mm-hmm. 
um, Pyramid of Bomarzo. Oh, I'm going to sound so white. We have such an international audience. They're all just going to be yeah. sitting here like, oh, Mount Phnom, P-H-N-O-M. How do you pronounce that? No. <laughs> I have no idea. Colin, Colin, oh, known as Plucer. I'm trying to decide if this is a French pronunciation. No, it's in Cambodian. So I really don't know how to do this. Um, they don't know who built it or why. Madame Sherry's stairs in Chester Grove, New Hampshire, a set of stairs in the woods has earned a legendary reputation. Although not a true mystery, the staircase rouses curiosity, but there is a story behind it. During the 1920s, a Parisian music hall singer built her castle in the woods of Chesterfield to serve as a summer retreat. Although it didn't boat dimensions um, of a true castle, it was a rustic um, chateau with a stunning stone staircase complete with Roman arches and it led to the second floor. Madame Sherry held, that's my mom's middle name, that's funny, held lavish parties and rumors have it that scandalous things were done, went on there. They even supplemented her income by operating as a real madame in the business with many, so she was a pimp. Heck and the yeah. castle burned. looks so cool. That staircase is freaking cool. Yeah, we'll post pictures in our, and <laughs> in, in things that way you can do this with. Um, but there's all these like crazy staircases, the ranger's creepy stairs in the forest. Mm-hmm. If those you are look, the ones that i love okay i'm gonna read this this is from search and rescue woods um and he says i'm a search and rescue officer for the u.s forest stores i have some stories to tell um he said i've been an sar officer for a few years now and along the way i've seen some things that i think you guys would be interested in i have a pretty good track record for finding missing people most of the time they just wander off the path or slip down a small cliff and they can't find their way back A majority of them have heard the old stay where you are thing and they don't wander far, but I've had two cases where that didn't happen. Both bother me a lot and I use them as motivation to search even harder on the missing persons cases that I get called on. The first, who is a little boy who is out berry picking with his parents. Small child warning, you know, trigger alert because I'm a mom. So if you want to fast forward, do it. Um, He and his sister were together and both of them went missing around the same time. Their parents lost sight of them for a few seconds and in that time, both the kids apparently wandered off. When their parents couldn't find them, they called us and we came out to search the area. We found the daughter pretty quickly and we asked where her brother was. She told us that she'd been taken away by the bear man. She said he gave her berries and told her to stay quiet and that he wanted to play with her brother for a while. The last she saw of her brother, he was riding on the shoulders of the bear man and seemed calm. Of course, our first thought was abduction, but we never found a trace of another human being in that area. The little girl was also insisting that he wasn't a normal man, but that he was tall and covered in hair like a bear and that he had a weird face. We searched that area for weeks and it was one of the longest calls I've ever been on, but we never found a trace of that kid. The other was a young woman who was out hiking with her mom and grandpa. According to her mother, her daughter had climbed up a tree to get a better view of the forest and she'd never come back down. They waited at the base of the tree for hours calling her name before they called for help. Again, we searched everywhere and we never found a trace of her. I have no idea where where she could have possibly gone because neither her mother or grandmother saw her come down. That's so crazy. I'm trying to find the one with the staircase one. Do you have that story? I just remember it like what I can remember from what he was talking about was that um I think I've had like oh gosh I feel weird talking about this on the podcast but like I've had um a friend of mine that actually worked at the writing center with me she she was disappeared like it was like last April I feel really weird talking about this and like this thing this is disrespectful but um she went missing last April and they just found her in September and um she was <laughs> she went missing for months. Like she, they couldn't find her and obviously she'd been passed away and it was just so sad, but it's like crazy because like they could not figure out where she was and she got lost in the woods. 
in the middle of Washington. It's like, do you ever do you listen to uh, Crime Junkies? The Crime Junkies. I love them. I always feel like weird stuff happens in Washington and Florida. Those are like the two where I feel. Yeah, it's it's Washington, Florida, and then Nebraska. Weirdly, all those like mid states. Yeah, where there's like not huge populations. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, I I am like so I feel like crazy things happen like disappearances and stuff I feel happen so much to people in Washington mm-hmm. and like mystery stuff and then I feel like like weird like crazy crimes where people are like just murdering each other I feel like in a lot yeah. of Florida <laughs> but I feel like a lot of crazy stuff happens in Washington and it's so crazy I'm trying to find one that's not going to like trigger the moms here because I'm a mom but let's just it's hard to in the national forest ones finding one where like small children don't go missing I know I know. Oh man, I'm never taking Adelaide to Yellowstone ever, ever. I bought this book called Yellowstone Deaths, and I. Why would you ever buy that? I saw them at the gift store, and I was like, No, thank you. I bought it because Tanner were like, This is so cool. I literally have it. Like it's it's in it's like behind it's in this room with me, and I bought it thinking like that's so cool. Why did why did I think it's cool? I remember one of the stories. This is is literally how people die like how every single it like accounts for every single death in Yellowstone yeah it like still haunts me one of the stories is that this little kid wait graphic warning graphic warning graphic warning I'm not gonna do much detail I promise but this little kid started falling in and he was going into one of the geysers and the water there is so acidic and so hot so it disintegrates you almost upon it like yeah yeah this little kid was falling and the dad tried to follow them in to get them and they both were Yeah, gone. I'm never taking my kid in no. there at all. And we're just being really, really polite about the description. There is no other way we can say it. I read that section of that book and was like, oh my gosh, a guy did that for his dog. Yeah. Try to get his dog out. Um, I, there's, there are so many. That happened to Ed Sheeran. Did you know that? What? His foot fell into like a geyser thing and- because he had like heavy socks and boots on, he, his, he didn't completely lose his foot, but like the whole skin of his foot fell off. What? That's freaking crazy. Well, that's yeah. what happened to a lot of the, uh, that's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, weird tangent. Weird tangent. Oh my gosh. Anna, just like take the rain on me. Just I'm going to take talking. the rain. I'm going to talk about Polybius because I think it's so fascinating. Talk about Polybius. So, I'm just going to listen. <laughs> here's kind of the short version. Okay. Staircase complete with Roman arches and it led to a stunning stone staircase complete with roman arches and it led a stunning stone staircase complete with roman arches and it led a stunning hey so if you're listening to this and being very confused honestly so am i this is me in the future a week and a half later and this is anna a week and a half later do you want to know what the crap we've been doing for the with this freaking episode so weird (laughs) this episode is not like the universe does not want us to get this episode out We don't know why. We're doing it anyway, though. Yeah. F you, universe. You know what? Yep. This is symbolic for every other <laughs> crappy thing in my life. I'm just going to keep going. You need me a challenge? Wait. We're on it. We're on you it. can't control us. No. We're going we're gonna to give up for like an, a couple of days and then come back to it. And that's what we're doing now. So yep. we procrastinated. I was really emotional for a moment. We're good. So let me just explain what happened. So, and honestly, it's kind of creepy. So like, is. I hope you're not alone right now. I hope that you're like in a public place because- y'all it was weird so I'm sitting in my mother-in-law's basement editing this because my life is glamorous and as I'm editing this episode like for some reason I guess when it recorded something on zoom it also like it like 
phased out and started repeating the same sentence over and over and over again. It was so creepy. I like played it for Anna and I was like, this is super weird. I don't understand what's happening. But then it did it again and again and again throughout the episode. And I was like, okay, this is so crazy. So I actually went to go re-record part of it myself, like the Sunday I was leaving so that we would have it for our Patreon members. And then it did it again. Mm-hmm. On my audio recording, it recorded the same sentence over and over and over. So and over creepy. It was so creepy. So um, me sitting in a dark basement by myself that's partially unfinished decided to give up because some <laughs> giant monster ghost. You were messing like, with those juju vibes out there that day. I really was. I called Anna, told her I would not do this. And then we re-recorded another episode and posted it like two days <laughs> yeah. later. It was fine. What Hello. was it? Who was it? Who was it? That's what we need to know. <laughs> what did we awaken that didn't? Who are we? What exactly? It might have been what I'm about to talk about. It might have been <laughs> what you talked about. The staircases in the woods. I don't know, girl. I just have to go down a staircase in order to edit that episode. So you awoken something. I awoke something. And now I'm freaked well, out. Welcome back something. If it's, you know, if you're hey. here, hang out with us. I it's guess. the friendly we'll ghost. This episode. It's Beth. <laughs> it's Beth. <laughs> Beth my demon. <laughs> Yo, yo, Beth, my demon, what's up? <laughs> Beth's like, hey guys, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be back. Oh, you so good little... to be here again. Why are we going on this tangent? I'm so sorry. <laughs> yep, we just need to get into this. <laughs> so basically what happens is I'm now bothering Anna on the 4th of freaking July being like, honey, we got to get this out. So I'm calling her away from her family so it's we can get this episode out to you guys. And we're going to go talk about it. So Beth, You're shut my up. family anyway. Let us do this. It's fine. <laughs> Wait, yeah, that's true. Oh, I was like, Beth, please shut, shut up. up for a second. Wait, oh, like, oh, you're just being nice, and I'm just insulting Beth, my little demon. So she's your demon. So she really is my demon. So now we're back, and I had a snack before this, so I wouldn't be hangry. Let's go. Love that for you. Okay, the next thing we're talking about is the legend of Polybius. What I've never heard this before. Tell me all about it. <laughs> go off, Anna. I've never no. heard this. <laughs> But I'm going to pretend, just like you all. Honestly, I feel like I could learn more about Polybius. Yeah. So let's go off. I think Start it's so fascinating. Introduce so, us to the story. The kind of the legend of Polybius gained popularity in February of 2000 when a listing for the game popped up on like coinop.org, which is like a database for arcade gaming. And so somebody like list posted as a listing looking for this game, and I have the listing right here. I want to read it what? to you. Okay. So it says game summary. We need information. And then game details. It says this game had a very limited release. One or two backwater arcades in a suburb of Portland. The history of this game is cloudy. There were all kinds of strange stories about how kids who played it got amnesia afterwards. Couldn't remember their names or where they lived. The bizarre rumors about this game are that it was supposedly developed by some kind of weird military tech offshoot group. Used some kind of propriety behavior modification algorithms developed for the CIA or something. Kids who played it woke up at night screaming, having horrible nightmares. According to an operator who ran an arcade with one of those games, guys in black coats would come to collect records from the machines. They're not interested in quarters or anything. They just collected information about how the game was played. The game was weird looking, kind of abstract, fast action with some puzzle elements. The kids who played it stopped playing games entirely. One of them became a big anti-video game crusader or something. We've contacted one person who met him and he claims the machines disappeared after a month or so and no one ever heard about them showing up until the ROM showed up. Here's what we found so far. Um, eight English found English strings, insert coin, and press one player start and only. Looks like a one or two player game. Text in the game says, C, 1981, Sinolchian, maybe a German company. If anyone has heard any additional information about this game, we'd appreciate hearing about it. Um, and then they just go like, 
they just talk about like what they think the game isn't. And so like that in itself is fascinating. And a ton of people have come forward being like, I have played this game, but like all the accounts are slightly different. What I do know about it is that like the gameplay itself was like geometric shapes and like flashing in the face. And like, nobody can remember exactly what the objective of the game was. They just remember like when they played it, either they would feel sick or they'd become obsessed with the game. Like there's a story of a guy. Instagram. I'm just kidding. I'm just right. Seriously. (laughs) There's a story about a guy who remembers, or I think one of his friends, or maybe he was playing it and became obsessed with playing it and stopped playing every other game. Every single day he would go to the Ukraine and spend hours playing this game. Just what he was trying to do. We don't know. We don't know what the objective was. So yeah, there's just stories of people playing it. Um, It's kind of impossible to confirm without a confession from the man or the person believed to have created the post is Kurt Kohler, the owner of the site. Kohler would also tip off writer Dan Electro of GamePro, which at the time claimed to be the world's largest independent multi-platform gaming magazine to the existence of the story. Um, Eventually, like it started getting its own forums and people, whether it was just the hype of the story, people wanting to be a part of it, or if they actually were, like we can't really say, but there are so many people who remember playing it. And there even is like, if you look up Polybius, like a screenshot of what they've recreated, what the front screen will look like. Mm-hmm. And it's like these big green teal texts that say a Polybius with the words that I described to you, of like 1981 with a company co. But if you look up that company, you it's not under any listed. How do you spell this? Companies. How do you spell it? You spell it S-I-N-N-E-S-L-O-S-C-H-E-N. It's not a real game company because people have looked it up before. It doesn't exist. Oh my gosh. So okay. that's what's kind of creepy about it. Um, that is super creepy. Yeah, but it's gained, it's gained a huge following. And there has been stories of people, like even this said, um, people playing this game and having horrible nightmares or getting, yeah. or having seizures or getting super addicted to it or just not remembering certain things or just acting completely different. And it was only out for a couple of months and only in this Portland area before okay. it was taken away. Yeah. So I, if it was real, it had to be some type of test. But like, what's so interesting is that like the media, especially, and just people of today have like, love the idea of this Polybius game. It pops up in so many, um, like shows and movies like it's it shows up in the simpsons and i i know it's actually going to show up in loki it shows up in a ps2 game and like a gta game in minecraft like it's super crazy the places that this shows up wow you know what though i feel like the simpsons itself is a conspiracy Mm -hmm. (laughs) how much like right right It's, it's interesting to think about because even people talk about the like the screenshot that popped up so, like, there's no really real way to tell if it was a Photoshop job or if it actually existed, if they grabbed it. They say it looks real, but it doesn't match any of the text or, like, the fonts that existed back then that was popular in video games. Like, it comes close to one of them, but there's no 100% match. So, whatever it is, it's, like, a creation of its own, for sure. Oh, yeah. And also, at that time, like, in the 80s, it's not like, you know, where you can literally upload and create your own fonts like you can today. So mm-hmm. there's very and what's, fonts. Yeah, what's interesting too is that the, I, I know I'm butchering this name because it's a German one, but the name is like the Sinolchian, the like company. It roughly translates to like sense deleting or sensory deprivation. What does Polybius itself mean? Isn't that a word? Like Polybius is I'm named like, after, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure a philosopher who um, 
who was an ancient Greek philosopher born around 208 BC in Megalopolis, Arcadia. He is known for his affinity to cryptography and puzzles. He created the Polybius Square, as well as his belief that historians should strictly report what they can verify through hard evidence and by interviewing witnesses. So he's a Greek philosopher. Yeah, but like, yeah, but like with his description itself is a puzzle. Exactly, right? So mm-hmm. there's all there's whole gigantic rabbit holes to go down of like what makes it so interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Even some people think that it's part of like the Mandela effect. You know, the Mandela oh, yeah. effect Which when is, you like I remember certain so much- things like the Bernstein yeah. and the Berenstain bears. Yes, 100%. Or like Captain Crunch. Yeah. That one was one. There's so many, so many. Or like, oh gosh, what are the other Mandela effects? There's so many of them where you're like, don't you have this thing? You know, mm-hmm. this is this is an off tangent of, but um, I didn't realize that Sasha, the like little Chinese Siamese cat. Yeah. That, that I thought was a Mandela effect, but no, it's real. That one's real. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember that show. I freaking loved that show. You like bring like a very small part of your brain where you're like, moon pies. Oh my you're God. Like this is being extracted from the depths of my memory. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Sasha. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Like I love that show so much. Wow. Please don't take that as racist. I just really loved that show. And that's literally the, the sound of the show sounded like the theme song. No, I don't think anybody would. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so um, yeah, back to Polybius. That's crazy. I think the Mandela effect is one hundred percent real. Do you mm-hmm. believe that time travel is has happened before, and that's why? Oh, I don't know. That's fascinating to think about. I've never thought about it with the Polybius, but honestly, anything technically is possible. You never know. One hundred percent. Even time weird. travel is hard, though. I know. Crazy. I feel like because J or JFK. That's another conspiracy theory. That's for another day. Um, J.K. Rowling has an episode, has an episode, had did an interview where she was like, the biggest thing I regret writing was the time turner because she's like, yeah. once you introduce time travel, it, it's, like, it affects everything. It touches everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's genius, but also horrific. Um, yeah. How fascinating. How fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I love Polybius. And then I have one more that is just to end on like a light funny-ish note since we okay, talked go. about some deep things today. I want to talk about Eroda. Have you ever heard of Eroda? No. How do you find all of these? Who are you friends with? I have to tell you about this. I cannot wait to tell you this. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll like try to be somewhat fast. Um, no, set the scene, Anna. Set the scene. Well, because like I'm just, this is mostly coming from memory. So I like, I don't have a ton of notes written on about this. So we'll, we'll just, we'll see how this goes. But um. So on November 21st, 2019, the internet became obsessed with a mysterious Twitter account um, called Eroda. And what he wrote that Twitter account was, is it was advertising a place called Eroda for you to go visit. It's like, come visit our beautiful lands. Come visit like our beautiful island. We love our island. Um, but the crazy thing about that is that Eroda does not exist. Okay. And so ads for this travel destination called Eroda was popping up, not just on Twitter, but on YouTube, on Instagram, on Discord servers, on just so many different places. And so it, it garnered a huge following. Um, and so a, a Discord was made for Eroda. And a lot of people thought that it was an ARG. And what an ARG is, is an alternate reality game. 
And so it's been really popular in the last couple of years oh. where people are like, well, someone's putting this out for us to figure out. Like, it's this huge puzzle. It's this enigma almost. Yeah. And like a lot of YouTubers and people are dedicated to ARGs and figuring out, like just getting immersed into the puzzle aspect of yeah. things and to figure these out. And I think they're fascinating myself. Yeah. Um, but so the big question with Eroda was that, I mean, these ads are popping up everywhere. So somebody was paying thousands of dollars to advertise a place yeah. that doesn't exist. Wow. So yeah, as I said, like discord servers are made. I mean, big YouTubers were getting involved in the discord servers and so many people were like, well, what could this mean? And they were picking apart all the advertisements themselves, but like they came up with a map and they're like, well, this is what this could mean. I mean, they were looking into like the computer coding of the ads. Like that's oh, how deep that. they were getting into it. That's honestly, I'm like, oh, I want to join. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's weirdly enough, a couple months later, a lot of people were getting on the discord servers being like, this is Harry Styles. This is Harry Styles. And like all the, all the ARG people who are like, what? We're like, no, like get your One Direction fans out of here. Like this obvious, this has nothing to do with Harry Styles. And everybody was like, yeah, this is Harry Styles. And they started banning the word Harry Styles. Like they would have discussions and be like, if you bring up Harry Styles in this discussion, you are banned from this discord server. And what? so like, why are they bringing up Harry Styles? You ask? What? <laughs> Isn't it so weird? Yes, go. So- <laughs> Finally, some connections were made and they realized it in an ad for Eroda one time. They came out with a map and it says like, come walk down our beautiful cherry streets, um, like or our beautiful cherry street and turn on to Golden Way to see the beautiful waterfront. Well, Harry Styles recently released an album where the two song titles were labeled Gold and Cherry. And so like, it's kind of a stretch, but his fans were just coming being like, no, we know how he works. It's kind of like a Taylor Swift thing, right? Where like you drop clues. And if you're like super big fans, you know them very well. You're picking up on all these clues being like, no, I, I know. Oh my God. But for people thinking this or like, you know, people of the ARG community being like, no, this is real. Like this is a whole enigma in and of itself. We're going to figure this game out and we're going to solve it. Oh um, God. Except for if you really try to connect the dots, there's a lot more connecting than you think because Harry Potter went on the Graham Norton show and said out loud, Eroda is a door backwards. What? Yeah. Eroda spells a door. Like Eroda is a door backwards. And so like that created a lot of connections that like people in the ARG community on this discord were unwilling to look at because no freaking way would Harry Styles be smart enough to try to figure out and put together this whole ARG or thing. And so somebody finally went into like the computer aspect of things and the defining factor was what linked. So whoever made the Orota ads or advertisements on Facebook was linked to the Harry Styles UK site. And so if they're linked, that means that they own both of the, that the whoever person this is owns both of those sites. So that kind of makes it undeniably Harry Styles. And yeah, it came out that he did this whole stunt for a music video. That's amazing. How crazy that. is that? The community was pissed. They were so <laughs> mad. Like the servers on the Eroda Discord were like trying to make these crazy connections, being like, well, maybe somebody just connected to Harry Styles to like throw us off the game or the trail or like there's still ways we can do it. Oh, Harry Styles. He's Harry just, Styles. How funny is that? School. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> he's clever. I bet you he's the one that's like on there, just like throwing, like he's literally like, guys, I am Harry Styles. It's me. They're like, no, well, it's it not. came out that one of the person in the Discord, I think he even like 
leveled himself up to be like a discord admin in the group was like somebody that worked at his record label keeping tabs on like (laughs) how the discord was going and like what they were finding and thinking (laughs) they're probably having the best time where they're like we should do something like that we should do something crazy like that how crazy is that i mean he had to pay thousands of dollars i mean he can spare thousands of dollars and maybe not but i feel like it'd be really fun to do something like a like a scavenger like a virtual scavenger hunt Uh but like with something like Harry Potter. That would be so fun. It's like our Harry Potter Airbnb that we will one day own together. One day. It will happen. I, I, we and Tanner went on a date yesterday and legitimately I talked in depth. I had pictures. I was like, this is happening. Like, I know that like I'm talking about it, but I'm like, we are going to have an Airbnb (laughs) in, in Florida, in Orlando. And there's going to be, I was like discussing how I want to do an escape room in there. Mm -hmm. And that when you open the closet, there's like a bunch of broomsticks and like I yes. want to- oh my gosh like, that is a man. great idea oh yes Anna and I have a joint Pinterest secret board dedicated and it's beautiful but you know what is a real life conspiracy but it's not but it's like gives you the same high as the AR wait ARG yeah. alternate reality yeah ARG mm-hmm. um geocaching I love geocaching I love Utah's geocaching. big in it who is Utah Utah is big in it. Mm-hmm. Utah is. It's really fun doing geocaching. That's like, sometimes we'll do that for dates and stuff. Because <laughs> we'll be like, well, let's just go find it. And then we'll just download the app and go off. Yeah. So. I remember one time I found a geocache um, on Antelope Island, which is in Utah. Uh-huh. And it had it was a keychain that says, mine the gap, which is a very London thing to do. Because oh, cool. they have different types of transportation. Yeah. Or like their subways. I'm not saying this right. It has the whole, like, all has the, like, you literally have to mind the gap as you yeah. enter into the. And so like, I looked back on the geocache and it like originally two years previous from when I found it in um, London. Wow. So how cool is that? It's made its way across the world. That's actually Utah. really cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I, I think they're super cool. Have you ever gone geocaching at midnight? <gasps> no. Girl, it's creepy. That sounds fascinating. So fun. We should do that one night. Just like. We should. Go off go off middle of the woods we'll do it in like caching. say be like hey what's up slenderman you want to help us look best to do it at like a national park somewhere because i feel like there'd be a 10 oh we should 100 smokies i live like 15 yeah. minutes smokies i don't i'm just lying to you guys so you don't know where i live, I kind of <laughs> live <here. laughs> oh my gosh we'll go to that bridges the bridges where we'll meet the, we bridges, the bridges where we'll meet i feel like i'm like meet me at midnight on the bridge and we'll go for you to meet. <laughs> As the moon hangs overhead in the skies, it's waxing on midnight. Like, I don't know if crazy like that. <laughs> yes, that's exactly that, that gives me about. big uh, Inheritance Games vibes, though. Can we please? Like, we need to talk to her. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. the next episode that you guys are going to hear from us, we're talking with Mary E. Pearson. Yeah, we are. Author of Dance of Thieves and Bow of Thieves. And mm-hmm. we're very emotionally ready for this. We're so excited. Mm-hmm. And we've got some other big authors that we all love and know that are going to be on our podcast soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We won't spoil anything for you now. We'll, we'll let this tension sit for you, but we're very excited about it. We're excited. I just think that Mary herself is a flex. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah Mary, she is. Mary, the amazing author that made me cry and also like blush into the night. Like what? Right. Mary, I, I love you. This is making the best of it. Never forget. Never forget. Oh my gosh. I want to go back. I want to go back in that world. I actually just downloaded Kiss of Deception so I can just oh, relive it. Fun. I'm so excited. But yeah. Okay. So now that hopefully this recorded correctly, if not, who F this knows? episode, F it all. We're giving up, but right. if you didn't, hopefully this is over. Work, it's over. 
It's over. We're just going to let Beth win. Now that I've named her, I'm not scared of her anymore. We're just going to let Beth win. Now that that I'm not in my mother-in-law's basement, I'm good. I'm good. We're good. You're good. Love that. Natalie, if you're listening, I love you. Beth, if you're listening, get away from me. Okay. Get away from me. Love Um, you, Beth. Yeah. And our Patreon launch, or not Patreon, our merch launches this week. Yeah, it does. Go off, Anna. Tell them about it. We have super, like, we've worked pretty hard with these designs. We're super excited about them. We've obviously, medium amount of heart. We put so much into it, which is who we are. We're always going to put so much into it, but they're historical and like punny designs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, we have like That's What She Read and stuff for like Nancy Drew and stuff for Anna Green Gables and Little Woman and No Shelf Control. It's just going to be a blast. Yes. And if you're a member of our Patreon, you actually get it one day early. So, yep. July 7th, it's always going to be um the eighth of every month at 10 a.m. Yeah, as yeah. when it's open to there and it closes on the 13th. And then after that it will be, but if you're a Patreon member, it's it opens at seven on the seventh of every month at 10 a.m. So that way like you never mix up the dates, friends. We got wow. you. Also because Thursday just sounds like a delightful day. Let's do a launch. Thursday you know? Does. 10 a.m. That's what's oh, that's what normal Thursday. people do. We try to do a, a, a midnight launch and I could not stay awake. I was like, I just want to go to no. bed. I'm so tired. No, and I was so like good keep it together <laughs> we have to do this anyways we'll see you guys next week the next yes. episode you're gonna listen to you're gonna be listening to the beautiful luscious probably sexy yeah. boy of mary pearson so <laughs> see you we'll next time beautiful souls yes bye, bye.